We are spiritual beings having a human experience here on earth. What's that about? What does it look like and how does it feel when we realize that we're spiritual beings having a human existence? This notion opens up so many ideas. Here at Spiritual Diner, our purpose is helping others connect with like-minded folks to expand our consciousness. Now, angels, spirit guides, loved ones, ETs, animals, and more are part of our spiritual family because like us, they're spiritual beings. Seeing ourselves as spiritual beings, having a human experience allows us to evolve and leads to higher truths and a happier life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spiritual Diner, the live stream about consciousness, personal growth, manifesting, spirituality, learning to love yourself, expanding community, and so much more. And each week, we prepare a thought-provoking menu of fresh and healthy alternatives to nourish your mind, body, and spirit as we move along on this ever-changing road called life. I am Vash Bodhi. I am a journalist, manifester, healer, but I like to say coach, recipient of messages from a spirit guide and stardust wrapped in a watery shell. <laughs> That's hard to beat. I'm Tammy Reyes, just a humble teacher and intuitive channeler, lover of all things cute and fuzzy. And I'm excited to share with you things that I've learned over 30 years of doing psychic readings. And I hope it will be relevant and inspiring for you. And together, we make up the Spiritual Diner and we welcome you to today's show. The special is just about ready. And in this notion, we're offering up the notion, in this episode, we're offering up the notion that we are spiritual beings having a human experience here on earth. That's right. If you are new here, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you happen to be watching us to make sure that you get alerted for any new episodes of Spiritual Diner. And there is no finer diner in all the universe, in all the cosmos. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's so true. So, French philosopher Pierre Tell Hard de Chardin, who is totally awesome and you should check him out later, said that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And today we're going to explore what that means. And we're going to expand our consciousness by merging everything we've learned in spiritual diners so far. And we encourage you to ask questions along the way. That really helps us. Uh, tune into you. Absolutely. Yes, it does. So this is a big topic for us, right? Because to, to have this notion that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, although I don't think it's new, there's the possibility that that notion is new to some people. I mean, because it actually has been a part of many cultures, philosophies, and religions for a really, really super long time. Um, with the ancient Sumerians, the Egyptians, indigenous cultures, lost civilizations, prehistoric, there's always a representation of the human body and the spirit either coming into it and or leaving it. So this concept of, of, of using that information together. We don't think it's new, but we really wanna spend some time talking to you about that and expanding your awareness of it because there are multiple benefits that come from it. Yeah, and I've always been aware of that since I was little. When I heard it in my early adulthood, uh, it just really connected. It resonated so true. So, um, with that in mind. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, how did you, how did that information come to you? I always you felt, yeah, always feeling like an outsider, <clears throat> pardon, got the frog in my throat again. But there was always a little voice that I'm going to talk about later that I see as my higher self. There was always a, <clears throat> a little voice 
urging me on a little positive cheerleader type of vibe coming through. And that just made me feel like, even though I'm an outsider, you know, I was really shy and awkward and stuff. It made me feel like I was part of something bigger. And I think that that feeling kept me grounded in my life. And so I didn't veer off into a bad direction, you know, become a ne'er-do-well or anything like that. So it's not new to me, but looking into the concept and doing the research that we did for it, it's so interesting how it is as old as human records, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So since we love to give definitions, it's one of our, our strengths and one of the things I love most about what we do. Uh, when we talk about what a spiritual being is, we're talking about an entity not composed of matter. And this is a really interesting thing for us because we've, we even had discussions about that definition because even as a spiritual being, there is this notion that there is still some sort of measurable thing connected to our spirit, right? Um, yes. We talk about this notion or there's this notion out that the spirit weighs 21 grams, that when someone dies and their spirit leaves their body, that body loses 21 grams. We also talk about this notion that uh, the spirit brings with it up to what is it seven or 13 generations of information like you can bring information from ancestors going back like 13 or seven or 13 generations. I don't know where yeah. that number comes from, but yes. I can look into that and get you really specific. So if that information is coming in, it's coming in somewhere somehow. And although we don't measure the matter as matter, there's still something there, there. Yes, I agree. Good point. And in my experiences with folks passing, and mostly I've dealt with animals passing, a few humans, there's, there's something that happens at that moment of passing, maybe a little bit before, where I sense a vacancy, that it's just a shell that remains, and that their energy, their spirit just goes on. And so that kind of played a part in how we put this show together. Our experiences with what happens on the other side, whatever the other side is, played a part in developing um, this show. In addition to what happens here, on this side, right? Because there's these crossovers that um, really solidify the fact that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, as well as what this human shell is allowed to have run through it. I'm wondering what viewers have uh, to say about this. And here's mm -hmm. the next thing is that I'd like to share a little bit about what I perceive happens when people and animals cross over but I'm open to other ideas. I don't know everything, but my experience has been as people are getting ready to pass over, there are energies, usually loved ones, folks that are part of their soul family that come through and communicate messages like this. We're here with you. We're happy to see you. Be calm. You're loved. It's always soothing and positive. And then at the moment of death or passing on, my image that I always get is of the rainbow bridge, which goes back to a lot of Native American cultures and how they perceive folks crossing over. But I see when the folks or the critter passes over, they embark on this rainbow journey, rainbow bridge journey. And along the way, our loved ones, including animals that have been part of our lives, and they're encouraging us, come on over. We're, we love you. We miss you. We're ready to be with you. And that gives kind of a solace or a comfort for those souls that are passing. And then when you get to the other side of the rainbow bridge, which is as big or long as you can imagine it to be, mm -hmm. when you get to the other side, I call that source. And for me, what I've experienced in readings is that it's just a very bright place with a feeling and a knowing of love that you're loved regardless of what kind of person or animal you were or what your behavior is, you're loved. And so that's my experience with folks and critters passing. 
Very interesting. So, I mean, I think, you know, uh, based on episode one, uh, where we talked about consciousness, that my experience with someone passing, more specifically my mom, when she passed, there was an experience where she channeled through another person to come and say goodbye to me. Um, and we'll probably talk about channeling and all of that stuff a little bit more, but it was very interesting to see that spirits still stick around and then take action. And another thing that happened when my friend Dean passed away, two specific things happened with him when he passed away. Uh, one, we have pictures of this entity around his cats. So he had two cats. When he passed away, we had the cats go. Um, a friend of his from high school took the cats. And she took pictures of one of the cats responding. And you can actually see this form in three of the pictures that she took where the cat's interacting. And, you know, we're extremely clear. That was Dean making sure that his cats, who had, he had, you know, raised from kittens, were taken care of really, really well. That's beautiful. I'm glad to hear that because, <clears throat> pardon, it's traumatic for animals when their humans pass. Mm -hmm. And um, every animal is different, like every person is different. Some animals are so conscious and aware and communicate really well. Others, like some people, might stumble and it might not be so easy. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that, with the animals crossing over. Oh yeah. Um, there's a one lady that my mom worked for. My mom did like was a maid sort of person. And this lady was in her last stages of life. And she had these two cats and the two cats were always on her bed as she was receiving um, palliative care. Uh -huh. But the day that she passed, the cat did not want to be there. I don't remember if it was two cats or one cat. I think it was one cat. But the day that she passed, she did not, the cat did not want to be there. And sure enough, that was the day the lady passed. Oh, so wow. I know that animals can sense into spirit, but like people, it's different for each animal. It just depends on how much they're paying attention and how evolved they are. I mentioned um, before, I think on one of my psychic readings by Tammy episodes that um, there's a space upstairs that's not a portal. It's, you know, you go up into my bedroom and there's those three little windows. The one on the left, it's not a portal, but energies do come and go in there. When I'm doing certain kind of meditations up there, I've had several experiences with energies coming in. Mm -hmm. And my cat star senses that. She's always aware. I can tell because when I'm sitting like on the edge of the bed doing my meditation and the window's over here and I might be like this or I just might be like this pondering and she'll come close to me. And I've seen her go like this. You know, look at me, look at the window, look at me, look at the window. And there's a contentedness on my Friday night groups, uh, my circle of light groups. I used to have cats that would want to be present as part of that because we're bringing in spirits and energy. Right. And one of them, the last one that was really part of our group, her name was Pearl. And I had to put an extra chair there for Pearl because she had to be part of this group. So animals are in the loop. They are connected with what's happening spiritually and sensitive to our passing. Yeah, yeah. I think also sensitive to our energies and can see. So is this, are we advocating that people should have uh, <laughs> cats and pets along their spiritual journey? I, I, you know, we're not being sponsored by any pet food manufacturers, but if anyone would like to, we are more than willing to say that people should have. Well, I think everybody should have <laughs> multiple animals, but with that said, don't take them if you're not going to give them their best possible life. That is absolutely 100%. So I've got this tiny little space here to work, Vosh, because I have to have a cat bed there and there and over there to keep them from coming up here on the computer. Uh -huh. And I also have their little basket of toys here. So if they come up, I can throw one. Uh -huh. But um, they are so part of Spiritual Diner and what we do. So don't underestimate the critters. They're spiritual beings. Well, and they typically are familiars, right? Especially cats, uh, for those who are doing this work, because they will probably trigger 
whenever another spirit comes in to let you know what's going on. Yes, they can. Yeah, they can. And um, a lot of animals can warn us when something is going to happen, like an earthquake. An earthquake. Remember the 89 earthquake in San Francisco? Uh-huh. Yep. And so I was in class that day, but Ray was at home. It's when we had that little place downtown around the corner from my mom. And um, one of the cats, I think it might have been Cobweb, started to get anxious. And right after that, the earthquake happened. And a squirrel fell from that huge walnut tree that we had in the front yard. Mm-hmm. But Ray said it was okay. He said it, it was stunned and then it went away. And so animals do sense earthquakes and um, environmental changes. So for me, they are equal partners in spiritual beings. Yeah, yeah. So as we talk about spiritual beings and us being spiritual beings having a human experience, as we've said, this information has been around for forever. Uh, it's been in religions, ancient cultures, etc. I go so far as to say that there are very few people. Uh, it would be difficult to find people who don't have, on some level, awareness that we're spiritual, that we're spirits that have this ongoing uh, existence beyond our human experience. Um, as I was telling Tammy during our meetings, to become a religion, one of the criteria is you have to specify what happens to the soul after death. So anyone who is involved in any kind of religion, whether you know it or not, you already support this notion. So if you have a different opinion and you're watching the show, please let us know in the comments because we would love to revisit this with you. What, Bosh, what if one is an atheist? Then they mm-hmm. might not relate to that idea. Mm-hmm. It might seem foreign. Um, yes. And I just see it as everyone's on their own path. Okay. And for some people, this is natural and we can um, bring it in and grow from it. And from for some people, it could be really foreign. And I used to be an atheist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to be an atheist until about my teen years where things started happening that I, I just couldn't explain. And so that made me more open to receive information, right? It was like a, a limited view when I was considering myself an atheist. Then I moved into being an agnostic because I thought, well, it could be, it feels right. And from there I got into Hinduism, which led to one thing and another and another. And so I totally believe and advocate that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we realize that and connect with it, it can empower us in so many ways. So want to get into the definition of higher self? Hell yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So your higher self means an eternal, omniscient, conscious, and intelligent being who is one's real self or higher self. Some folks may see that a little bit differently, but I think the higher self is so important because it's an opening to what you're going to learn and all the spirituality that's going to to follow. So by listening to our higher self, you can advance your psychic abilities. It's the beginning of starting to receive messages or downloads from spirit. And developing awareness of one's higher self is one of the first things that I teach when I'm doing a class or working one-on-one with someone with how to develop their intuition and psychic abilities. We always focus first on our higher self because like I said a moment ago, it opens doors and windows to lead to other things. And it kind of reminds me of um, Jiminy Cricket, how he was singing that song, Always Let Your Conscious Be Your Guide. Mm -hmm. And although some may perceive our higher self as conscious, as our conscious, um, it's that song Jiminy Cricket represents to me, cluing in, connecting to that you are a higher self. And with that, you can choose your life, what you're going to do, how you're going to be. And so um, when we were talking about that, we were also saying that the movie Pinocchio, <laughs> although it has some dark stuff, it kind of encompasses the whole 
view of spirituality because you got every kind of archetype in there. You've got the hero trying to conquer uh, over difficult situations. And so I guess I'm giving a plug for Pinocchio and I would like to have some kind of reimbursement for Disney for that. But the idea of Jiminy Cricket and let your conscious be your guide is kind of a clue the way I see it to tune in to your higher self. Very interesting. So can we like dissect some of that? When you say your higher self, if we're saying that we're spiritual beings having a spiritual experience, a spiritual being is kind of a human experience. We look at our spirit as being one thing. If you're saying connecting to your higher self, I mean, I have my perception of what that is and when they say, but I want to hear what you want to say about that. How, what, what's that connection to our higher self, to our, just our regular spirit? Um, maybe it's the same thing, but I would describe it like this. My higher self is my conduit to everything above me mm -hmm. to uh, connect with all of the energies that I channel or my regular spirit guides or team that I work with. Mm -hmm. My higher self is the thing that I can depend on for clarity. Here's an example. If I'm in a difficult situation where I'm not quite sure what to do, that could be, um, let's say the technical trouble that I was having the other day and how to solve that was completely beyond me. And so I just stopped, took a moment and said, okay, okay, self, show me what to do. Okay, team, show me what to do. And once I acknowledge my higher self, it's like I'm sending out from my crown chakra these lines of um, communication. Mm -hmm. And so my higher self is able to rise above a difficult situation and look down upon it without judgment or any emotion attached to it. So if I turned on the news right now, which I'm not, to find out the dastardly deeds that are going on in the world, if I saw that, I would just rise above it. That's my higher self moving above the thing that I'm seeing or experiencing so that I can see it with a clearer perspective. That opens up my crown chakra that for me, well, I think for most psychics, is our extension to spirit. It's how we communicate through our crown chakra. So my higher self is an avenue <clears throat> to connecting with spirit and higher beings and knowledge. Does that make sense? No, I, I understand. I just want to make sure that anyone who's watching has a, a notion that as a spiritual being, all of that is part of who we are. And being in this human experience, oftentimes, people disconnect from that connectivity uh, and look outside of that connectivity to justify things that are going on and happening. Where in actuality, it is really just us opening up that conduit. You know, I look at it as, you know, when we, we've got the internet and we sometimes plug things in to the internet or we do Wi-Fi and we get like a little dribble of what's coming over the internet, as opposed to being fully connected with a wide conduit where everything that is who we are is also that energy that is beyond us and to be really super connected to it. Um, I just wanna, you know, get that so that that's more clear so that people understand that when you are connected to your higher self, you're just opening up that conduit to all that other information and that it's not necessarily a separate entity to who you actually are. That's a great explanation, Vosh. And yeah, it's not a separate entity. It's us. Mm -hmm. It's us tuning into a higher perspective where we rise above the humanness that can weigh us down. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit. Yeah, Here, it's a perfect up. time to bring it up. Yeah, I think it's a perfect time to bring it up. Because when we talk about having that human experience, we're talking about the characteristics and the key elements of human life. Yeah. Birth, learning, our emotions, which is super, super key. Uh, I want to jump back to that. Aspirations, mortality, conflict, even, you know, death. Those are human things that we as spiritual beings come into this plane to experience. Uh, you know, in terms of how I see the human spirit, uh, when we are not connected to these bodies, we're in a place where we just resonate in a place of love, where we support other things that are going on, et cetera. But when we are here, 
we are here to have our own individual experience, which especially includes having emotions that go beyond love. Yes, yes, yeah. So some things that we're connecting with, um, when we, let me start again. When we consider ourselves as spiritual beings having a human experience, we may tap into or learn about some different things. We brainstormed a few, like the idea when somebody says, I've heard the voice of God. <laughs> um, and we were kind of little at odds with that concept. Do you have anything to say about that when somebody says, we're the voice of, of God? Or when they I've say what? The voice, I've heard the voice of God. I was telling you, I'm going to interrupt for a second. I, <laughs> A student, a student teacher took me out to lunch years mm -hmm. ago to Denny's and um, she was going to treat me to a meal for being her master teacher and so on. And she was a beautiful girl. Ray called her Trish the dish. But um, she was um, part of a Pentecostal church and had certain belief systems. And at that meal at Denny's, she had a sense of what I did with spiritual stuff. And she just laid into me telling me I was going to go to. H-E-W-T. And, you know, have some really bad things happening because I was dealing with devil stuff. And she stood up and like her eyes were bulging out and everything like that. And, and she says, the voice of God told me that you're going to go to hell if you don't change your ways. And so that kind of has a negative connotation for me. But perhaps there are people that say, I have heard the voice of God and it's a positive thing. That's, you know, such an interesting uh, component to dealing with the notion of spirituality, higher self, uh, connectivity to what you call the source, I call the universe, that energy, um, and, and, and receiving information, right? Because both of us uh, get information in very different ways. Like I have a voice that specifically talks to me and I've become way more in tuned with how that voice feels versus anything else that might come through my head. When I hear people say that God told them to do something, the first thing that comes to my mind is these are lying. <laughs> these people are lying and all they're trying to do is manipulate because God never tells anybody to come over and give me anything. But I've had many people come and say, you know what? God told me to come and ask you for $50. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. uh, it, it, whenever I hear that, I think of manipulation, especially since I'm someone who gets messages where I can convey them to people. And then we watch whatever I said was going to happen, happen. But those people never see what is coming through me as the voice of God. So it, it's like, I don't see that ever reciprocated. So when I hear that, I think it's just a bunch of malarkey and that people are just trying to get what they want. It doesn't sit right with me either. But when we consider we're all on a path with particular life lessons, yeah. it, for some people saying that I, God told me to do this or that, that might be where they're at. You know, it's true for them, perhaps. But I think it just illustrates we're all on a path. It's not to judge. It's just different places. So. Um, when Trish the Dish was yelling at me at Denny's about going to hell and everything, I'm just going to look at that as she's a loving spiritual being fighting her way through this world. But I shall not go to lunch with her anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, uh, who wants to tell someone that their spiritual journey isn't right? But I think when you're really on a good spiritual journey, do I want to say good? I don't, your own, your own journey. I, yeah, I, I don't want to. I mean, one that's pure, right? One that uh, that is truly connected and guided by this deeper sense of love. Um, those kinds of attacks on other people don't really happen because you have a deeper sense of reality that everyone's having their own experience. Yeah, it's all about love. Everything comes back to love. It does. So, um, someone saying that they hear the voice of God is one thing. Now, the next I can relate to because I dealt with I deal with this all the time and we have slightly different opinions, but something that happens when you start uh thinking about being a spiritual being, having a human experience, for some of us, we can tap into angels, the angelic realm and archangels. And mm -hmm. so we could do a whole show about that. 
but we do have angels. It's just a matter of whether or not we're ready to tap into what those angels can offer us. Personally, I have three birth angels that are with me at all times. Um, but there's other kind of angels that will come and go as needed. Um, there's also spirit guides that kind of get lumped together sometimes with angels. Mm -hmm. And let me say, I've never seen an angel with wings. They appear like an oval shaped being, um, always uh, radiating like a golden white light. I've mm -hmm. never seen any wings, but I do work with angels and I work with archangels, especially Michael. Michael is someone that we call upon when we're in a really, really scary, dangerous situation. The Archangel Michael will come through. And when I had my first experience with that, I was thinking, what the heck is happening? Because I didn't believe in angels. I didn't know what they were as I was developing my uh, psychic abilities. But sure enough, you know, angels and especially the Archangel Michael come through often when I'm doing readings or my own work. Interesting. I know my aunt always calls on St. Anthony. Is it St. Anthony? Whenever she loses something, <laughs> she's like, St. Anthony, help me find it. And she says he always helps her find it. So, you know. I like the idea that the Catholics have with all those different saints and you can get the little card, you know. Yeah. Like I think St. Christopher is the patron saint of lost causes, or maybe he's in trying to find your direction. But anyway, I relate to that. I like it. Um, that's the one thing about Catholicism that actually turns me on is that I believe in those things. I believe in the angels and the archangels. I don't know if I believe all the stories around them, uh -huh. but I do tune in to their energies. And I don't think that I could do this work without that. And so angels come from a particular realm, same as, uh, animals. They come from the, uh, angelic realm. Archangels are a group of um, angels that have a higher purpose and are actually in a different place, higher up than regular angels. But I am open to other uh, views of that. So they have a certification program? Yeah, and you have to take a test before you get to move up to the next one. I thought I was invited to one of the graduations once, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. Like if there's, if there's any archangels okay. floating around, <laughs> sure, sure. I, I'm just cracking um, jokes, y'all. I'm just cracking jokes. And cracking jokes and humor is so important. That always comes through from the angelic realm for me or spirit guides yeah. or your own angels that I'm working with if I'm doing a reading for somebody. It's always about being supportive and helping us here do our personal best. I have never experienced an angel or a spirit guide saying anything negative about anybody. They may uh, have um, a delicate warning that they offer, right. but it's always coming from a place of love. And part of why I do believe and have experience with these things is because that vibe of it all comes from a place of love really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. um, um, okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, well, let, let's go through the list. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. You know, I have experiences with guides and angels that got physical. So I want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. There's so much to talk about. Okay. So ascended masters, people that once had a physical life, but grew in such a way that they don't have to come back if they don't want to in physical form. So Buddha, Jesus, Jesus is the one that I usually go through. Yoda. Um, Yoda, did you say Yoda? I did. <laughs> I did. Okay. Yoda. That's fine. Because of what Yoda represents. That's yeah. all good. That's positive. Yeah. But a lot of people tune into Ascended Masters, especially when we're first learning um, our psychic abilities and growing spiritually. Um, and another one, woohoo, intergalactic beings. Intergalactic beings refers to folks not of this world, but otherworldly. It could be another planet, another dimension, another reality, a parallel universe, all that stuff I'm still learning about. But I do work with a couple of galactic beings, and that's very new. That's something that came in the last year. 
<laughs> um, and then we have ghosts, which are, you know, we can look at as just being other spirits that we wouldn't necessarily classify as being either angels or guides. They could just be people who have passed on, got stuck, etc. We get to connect with those as we connect with our higher selves and this notion of being spiritual beings. Um, yes, I don't like the word ghost, though, because I think it alludes to, I'm not saying other people can't use it. But it alludes to a lower frequency, uh -huh. a lower energy. Uh -huh. um, so sometimes I think for entertainment purposes, I might refer to something as a ghost because I have gone into places that are haunted. And we could say that the folks that are haunting them are ghosts, but I really think they're spiritual beings mm -hmm. stuck or in the process of moving on in some way. I just think that the word ghost doesn't sit right with me. So it has such a weird connotation that dehumanizes, if I can even say that, but it, it sort of dehumanizes what that entity is or was or will be, right? And it it just becomes cartoony. Uh, I would much rather refer to them as spirits, right? Yeah, because ghosts are the people that have a sheet on them at Halloween and go boo. <laughs> And take your candy. <laughs> That's right. And, and you then, better treat them right or they'll do something bad to your house. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, here's, here's a freaky thing. Trees and mushrooms. Those are spiritual beings too. Plants in general have spirits. So, yeah. And then, of course, we talked about animals as being uh, ways that we can connect on deeper levels with people and spirits. Totally. That was the the first thing I connected with was animals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before our little show when I was doing the prayer, I include all my animal guides. That mm -hmm. means animals that have been with me in the past um, because it's by no accident that I had these particular animals, especially cobweb we talked about. If yeah. it wasn't for cobweb who passed away about 15 years ago, I wouldn't have developed my psychic ability. So... All of those are spirit beings. And the thing that they have in common that connects us is our true nature is eternal and infinite. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, that we keep going on can be empowering and inspiring. It absolutely is. Because that connection to everything that is, knowing that we have that when we connect to our higher selves and open up that conduit, then gives us the ability to tap into all the other powers that we've been talking about since the beginning. Being able to raise our consciousness, being able to use words to manifest things and to affect uh, our, our current reality, to change our energy, et cetera. So uh, this particular episode yeah. is so important for that because it really, I think for many people will be a, a, a shift in how they think and see themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, we did have a question from Ramiro Reyes. He says, what do you think let go, let God means? And this came up when we were talking about when people say, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Um, I, I can, I'm hip with that. Let go, let God. To me, that means um, I am turning over this situation to the a higher power. Show me how to proceed next. And I do that all the time when I talk about standing on that bridge and saying, show me what to do next, universe. I want to be of service. That's, to me, letting go and letting God, the universe, interject their two cents. Um for them to do their work to empower me, open in, open up my consciousness even more. So for me, let go and let God means I'm surrendering. I've done everything that I can do now. Spirit, help me. Um, I I used that uh, a year or so ago with um, my girlfriend Laura L Dog. She might be watching. She's a Tammy interpreter like you, where you know I say something is just a jumble up mess, and you can fix it and make it coherent. So we were at this park with her dog. And it was a really big park and she lost her keys. She's wow. always losing her keys. And so we're thinking, how the heck are we going to find these keys in this big old, you know, piece of land? And that's when I said, universe guides, help me out. Let's find these keys. And then I got the notion to 
look at what I had filmed on my camera. And that made me realize where the keys could be. And by golly, we found the keys. Let go, let God. When you need to find your keys. <laughs> I want to, I, you know, I, I kind of agree to, to sort of what you're saying here. What it means is that you're not going to put your consciousness focused on fixing a particular issue. You are going to trust that you've put out the right energy, that karma is at play, that all, you know, everything that needs to happen will happen to get the outcome that still protects you and gives you what it is that you want. It's just putting a trust in the universe that everything's going to work out brilliantly. And the more we do that, the more things happen, the more synchronicity happens that leads to one thing and another. And before you know it, you're like, wow, <laughs> I'm transformed. I'm coming from a place of love and non-judgment because you've opened yourself up to all these loving energies. Absolutely. Um, and then we were brainstorming some things that could happen that could make someone really um, open up to the idea that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And one is profound psychic experiences or sightings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I want to interject experiences that I've had as I've raised my general consciousness. Um, one, well, many, there's so many. Uh, in particular, again, with my friend Dean, when he passed away, I had to wrap, it's a Jewish tradition that you wrap certain things in black fabric to keep, you know, as a mm -hmm. sign of mourning. And we had uh, this lamp, big old chandelier that was made for Dean that he wanted me to have. But a friend of his wanted it and she kept asking me about it. And I didn't know if I wanted to keep it or whatever. But finally, this is like days after Dean died. And I said, look, Dean, <laughs> if you want me to keep that lamp, no matter what, you make sure that that little black fabric comes off of that. And I had tied it and I knew that it was really strong. I took a shower, I came back and it was on the floor. Your intention was clear and you were open. So spirit works with you. And when you were saying, when you were saying that, remember like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something when you were in LA uh -huh. and we were meeting you, if I've got the story straight, at some friend's house that were going through a remodel. Okay. And they were looking for particular chandeliers or lights. Uh -huh. And um, somehow it came up that we were going through a remodel at the same time. And one of the guys that was helping us, the neighbor down the street, Ray Ray, collected or was able to um, get these three really old, probably from the turn of the century, chandeliers. Mm -hmm. And when we were at your friend's house, it was somewhere up there in the hills. Um, they were saying, yeah, we're looking for just the right thing. And I said, I think I may have that. I have it. <laughs> and do you remember they drove all the way up here and, uh -huh. and they took them. And yeah. so Ray Ray found those thinking, I think Tammy and Ray will like that, but you know, there's no way in this tiny house that we could accommodate it. So it was just so perfect that it went to the right people in yeah. the right place. Right. So sometimes we put out our desires or intentions, not even thinking about it. And then bam. I think that's a perfect example where they probably said, we want the perfect light fixtures, let go, let God, and look at how it all transpired. Because I do remember that. Like it was one of those things where it's like, wow, how serendipitous. Yeah. Because you hadn't had that connection with the people for that long. Like it was almost so perfectly timed to make it happen for them. Yeah, I do remember that. It was my friends, Darla and Mark. So Vosh, God has a good eye in design. Yes, indeed. The thing that happened to me that was the most profound that keeps me on the path of continuing psychic work. I know this happened. I, I can't deny it. It was so powerful is when I went to uh, have my first reading with uh, the lady that turned out to be my teacher, Sarah. And I had asked her about if my granny Beth, who raised me from about kindergarten to fourth grade, and I loved her. She was the best one in my family because she was loving. But anyway, I said, can can Granny Beth see Ray? Would she approve of Ray? And then Sarah says, oh yeah, she really likes him. Maybe you can see her right here. Well, she gestured like this. And I saw what appeared to be my granny, maybe when she was in her forties. It reminded me of a photo that I have of her when she was 
I don't know, maybe around 20 or so, but she appeared young and really pretty um, and almost like a black and white movie. Okay. Not transparent. Like I always wonder if I went like that and poked what, what would happen, but I was so freaked out because Sarah says, maybe you can see her. She's right here. And I saw this image of my granny Beth telling me how much she approved of Ray. So I started to look around thinking, what is this lady doing? There's some kind of a trick or something. Um, and then all of a sudden this emotion came out of me and I was never a crier, you know, unless animals died. I'm not, I was not an emotional person, not a crier. And I just lost it. And it was the big <laughs> cry and Ray could hear it outside in the bookshop um, from the little room that we were in. Um, so then I was kind of just, stumped and mystified about what was happening. And she said, if you don't mind, can I do a little work on you to calm you down? And I didn't know what that meant. So I said, okay. And she stood behind me and, and she put her hands like this and, and moved them around my upper part of the body, but my eyes were closed. So I don't know exactly where her hands were, but I could feel, especially when her hands were here, this heat coming off her hands. It was, it was noticeably like a pulsating heat. And so I opened up my eyes and I looked at her hands to see if there was some kind of wires or something like that. And I just let go, let God, I guess, decided, I, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm going to take it in. So she did a little bit with uh, what I would call energy work, calming me down. And in a moment, I was calm. And after that, just a couple seconds after that, the psychic thing came through big time. Um, for example, when I left that day, and maybe I'm mixing this day up with the first time we went to the bookshop, but as I left my reading with Sarah, and she told me, if you want, I'll teach you. You've got what it takes. I'll teach you, which I questioned, thought was some kind of scam, but it turns out that it wasn't. So as we were leaving, I was looking for books. It was a metaphysical bookstore that might help me. And a couple of books stood out and one actually came down like they were sticking out, not all lined up perfect with the rest of the books. So I took those books and for a while, for maybe a couple of months, I could hold a book and know the content, but not all the details. And the content always seemed to be some kind of missing piece for me to go forward, forward on my spiritual journey. So that experience with Granny Beth was so profound that it changed everything for me. Wow. You could say, Tammy, it's all in your imagination. You're a nutcase, but I know that that thing happened. So that was extremely profound. Absolutely. Speaking of books. So, you know, I have this bookcase behind me. I was doing an interview with someone who I kind of knew was an artist, whatever, but I was like readjusting the books just to make sure that they looked good because it didn't <laughs> always look this way. Anyway, I was moving books around and I swear to you, this there's a book that's just out of, of you, a Frida Kahlo. It's a Frida Kahlo art book, right? And it dropped, it jumped off of the bookshelf when I was trying to figure out what was gonna go as the last book that you could see in this image. Let me see if I can uh, bring myself to the point. That blue book that's right there, that's the book, right? So I was like, okay, if you want to be over there, let me put you over there. The person that I was interviewing, when I asked them who their inspirations were, they said, oh my gosh, I love Frida Kahlo. And I was like, well, then you should know that Frida's here because she made sure her book showed up to be here with you in this interview. So those kinds of things uh, are, are sort of part of what we're talking about that you don't just look at them as just these weird coincidences. You understand that you were having a connection with another spiritual being that might be out and about. Do I know that that was Frida? Maybe not. It could have been anybody else knowing that she was going to talk about Frida because she needed to have that connection. But whatever happened, that book jumped off of me. <laughs> that bookcase to be over there. We got a stack of books that I recently put back in the shed because we had the yard sale uh -huh. last weekend. And do you know what's on the top of that stack of books? Frida Kahlo? Yes. Wow. This Frida Kahlo, um, what do they call it? Coffee table books uh -huh. that years ago, my mother gave as a Christmas gift to my mother-in-law. Wow. And, and I inherited it. So, woo. 
Spirit is in the okay. house. And then Vosh, past lives. Yeah. Past lives seen into your soulmates and soul family can also give you that idea or cement in you that we are spiritual beings having human experience. Yeah. And we can go into that too. I've had past life readings done twice. Once when I graduated college at UC Berkeley, and then once with my friend Dean in Los Angeles, some, I don't know, 20 years later. And they told me the same thing about past life experiences that were affecting me. Um, so much so that I got a new nickname, Conky, which is short for concubine. But it was just <laughs> interesting how in a room full of people, right? Because this channeler who, who did this reading went around to seven different people, including my friend Dean before getting to me to then go to someone else. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm just gonna use these same things. It was just very interesting to have that come up. And I you know, still am dealing with those things. And, and the there's cat. the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's make a point of talking about that on another show. Yeah. Because path, past lives connections are so interesting and powerful. And when we were brainstorming yesterday and you were talking about your concubine experience where you had good clothes and niceties and everything, the lives that come up for me is just manual labor. Like I remember <laughs> a, a past life of doing something with making some kind of bricks or structure that assisted in the in building Notre Dame. So where you've got those kind of saucy past lives, mine seem to be a lot of hard work. Maybe we can look into that one day and find some funner ones. <laughs> I'd love to talk about the whole notion of past life experiences. Um, and then the last one that we have, which happens a lot that either are connected to spiritual awakenings are near death experiences. And I think that that's also worthwhile to go into yeah. as we continue this notion of being spiritual beings, having a human experience is what happens when that connection is severed and then is reconnected. Yeah. And the stories that folks have that have had near death experiences have mm -hmm. so many similarities, mm -hmm. regardless of um, their culture or ethnicity or life experiences. They seem to have um, similarities in their near-death experiences. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't put you on a spiritual path, I don't know what will. Exactly. And I think we have friends who may come on to help us talk about near-death experiences. So I think that's really super fantastic. Yeah. So sometimes I get asked um, during readings, well, where do all these spiritual beings live? Where do they hang out? And it's not my field of expertise, but my answer is... They can come from far away or just outside of our energy field. Okay. It could be from another dimension, another planet. Um, I don't know the answer to that completely. And when I look into it, <laughs> let go and let God and say, show me how to perceive this. What I get is it isn't for you to know. Like, not that you're not smart enough. It's just it's not for you to know. It isn't relevant at this time. And um, I had another example, but I forgot. And so um, I don't know precisely the answer to where they are, but I know that when we open up our thinking and we start developing our intuition and psychic abilities, they're right there to draw upon. So um, if viewers have a perspective on that, where are all these folks hanging out all day? <laughs> I'd like to know because, oh, now I remember real quick. Um, when they said, it's not for you to know, it reminds me of about 20 years ago when I was trying to understand the concept of time. Because when I do readings for people, it's really important that I get timelines right, especially when going into past lives. And I, that's been hard for me. Time is hard. And Spirit came through more than once and said, your concept of time is, is limited because it is linear you're not fully ready to understand what time means. But in the last few years, I am discovering that time for others, not on the 3D, is not linear. Mm -hmm. It's multifaceted. It can pass through dimensions and all kinds of weird stuff that I'm still learning. So that's my two cents on where are all these spirit beings as we're going through our day. Yeah, because as we become more aware of our own spiritual being having this human experience, 
being open to that is just it's an added benefit uh the the true power however comes from knowing that we're connected to all of that and we actually have inherent powers and abilities to interact with manipulate um grow from etc those actual experiences wow i can't believe how quickly time has flown by <laughs> um we could actually go on and on and on talking about us being spiritual beings having a, a human experience but we do want to spend just a quick moment just a quick moment to talk to you uh, about a little bit of a dessert experience and for us today what we're going to do is talk about essential oils um we think essential oils are important uh just because they're all around us and they can help with so many things especially we continue as we continue on with our uh spiritual growth and our spiritual journey so for those of you who don't know essential oils are really concentrated plant extracts that retain their natural smell their flavor their unique composition of chemicals absorption rates and most importantly effects on our bodies right yes yes they're used a lot for aromatherapy um because for the most part you don't really want to take these essential oils into the body right but you can <laughs> inhale them right because that is how you're going to get some yes. of of these properties when you apply excuse me essential oils to your skin make sure that you follow any directions that come with that particular essential oil some things cannot be applied directly to the skin some have to be put into other oils at an, an incredible um how do you say uh ratio that really dilutes the essential oils so be careful about that uh if you're inhaling them uh it is important you can either you know waft them under your nose or you can put them in spray bottles and dilute them and spray them in the air there are many different ways to use them when you're inhaling them but these essential oils can affect the limbic system which is a part of the brain that helps to control emotions behaviors long-term memory etc so sometimes if you need a quick jolt a reawakening help with your memory Snipping some essential oils can really be really beneficial. And there's over 90 different types, each with their own unique smell and potential benefits. So we really encourage you to explore them. But don't cheap out. Don't go to the 99 cent store and buy your essential oils. Bad things will happen. And Vosh, when I travel, I, I do carry a little a vial of lavender oil and eucalyptus because i tend to get headaches and mm -hmm. if i can feel it coming on i just smell it and it's one of the tools in my toolbox to battle migraines yeah well so, i mean we have you know here's a list of, of really popular essential oils and some of their quick benefits peppermint can help boost energy and aid in digestion lavender can reduce stress and induce sleep Bergamot can help with stress and treating eczema when applied properly. Ylang Ylang helps with headaches, nausea, and also skin conditions. Tea tree is great for infections and, and to boost immunity. And then uh, jasmine helps with depression, childbirth, and libido, which was interesting to find out. So <laughs> we leave you about? with that. Exactly. But we leave you with this whole introduction into the world of essential oils, and we help, hope that that helps. Tammy, we've come to the end of another spiritual diner. I know. <laughs> it's been a great conversation. Um, and I'm really, really happy that we had it. I have a feeling we'll have to revisit this. A part de. Yeah, exactly. And so, folks, be sure to like and subscribe to our spiritual diner. We're on all platforms, so you never have to miss an episode. Yeah. And if you can... Tell a friend about us because we need more patrons at the Spiritual Diner. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for tuning in. I'm Vosh Bodhi. Please mark your calendar because we have a special show coming up next week on the Spiritual Diner where we will be talking about manifesting. <laughs> I'm Tammy Reyes. It's been so fun serving you this episode. Until next time, keep I your consciousness know. open.
Bye, everybody. Toodle.